Good morning, church. Uh, We're now going to come to a time of reading God's word. Uh, We're going to read from John chapter 3, starting at verse 16, a verse which I'm sure has been read and uh, taught about many, many times in children's ministry. So I'm going to read for us. It'll be on the screen as well. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. This is God's word. Thank you, Matt. And... uh... It's good to celebrate what God has been doing, isn't it? Friends, in 1997, we had eight children in Sunday school. The church was in serious decline. So we prayed and we preached and we reached out. We were on a mission from God. You see, we knew we were saved by Jesus. We knew God. We knew that God loved everyone and it broke our hearts when people ignored God when they didn't know him. And you see, there was a passion that God gave us to do something about that. So we would follow up every person who came into this church, every family, every adult, every child. We believed that God could do a new thing at Nawi Baptist Church, that God could revitalize his church to reach children and youth and families and everyone else. No matter what their background, their language or the color of their skin, They were loved by God. We wanted to bring glory to God, to reach the nations both locally and globally, that's why we support mission, and to bless the poor. And as the church grew, or as God grew the church, we decided uh, we needed to appoint a children's pastor. Two days a week we started off with. To teach scripture, to run one weekly kids club and an annual holiday club, that was one of our dreams to mobilize volunteers to serve Christ. And friends, we had a lot of volunteers starting to to rise up, but we didn't have someone to lead them, someone to drive that ministry. What a God-glorifying ride it has been. We called Robin Garlick, and she started in March 2000. Reminds me, it's also the year my youngest daughter was born. It was a long time ago. And we ran our first holiday club in 2000. It was a Sydney Olympic year. We had the help of an American mission team. The Americans would send out short-term mission teams to help us. Had American voices, and we had our local people gathering together for the first Up Holiday Club to take the gospel to young people. And friends, and over the next two weeks, we were to see, I had to change my notes, my notes say, we will see 300 kids. Well, we were to see 300 kids at Holiday Club. But what drives all of this ministry? What drives kids' church, kids' clubs? What drives SRE in schools? What drives Holiday Club or Wellington Mission? What drives the camp? Why do so many people get involved? I want to thank you for being involved. 
Friends, the love of God drives us. The love of God compels us because we want to see lives transformed through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. See, God loves us and He loves our children. He loves the community and He loves their children. And He wants us to love Him back, to believe in Him, to trust Him, to find new life and purpose in Him. Bob says, for God so loved the world that He gave. Max Lucado writes, love explains why Jesus came. Love explains why He endured. You see, His hometown kicked Him out. A so-called friend Judas turned Him in. The religious called Him a hypocrite. Sinners called Him guilty. The Roman authorities cruelly beat Him and then nailed Him to a criminal's cross. Why did Jesus, God's own Son, endure such derision and suffering? The answer is love. It's outrageous love. It's unmerited love. And friends, through this love, we find life. In 1976, at the age of 14, I discovered that love and found new life in Jesus. He changed my life as he has maybe changed your life, and he's changing lives at Nawi and across the globe today. Our children and our youth, and the community's children and our youth, are discovering this love through Nawi Baptist Church. My own children were baptized here at nine years of age, 11 years of age, or 13 years of age. Grew up learning and being taught by you and encouraged by you. Our associate pastor, Matt White, first attended our Zone 46 Primary Club many years ago. He grew up in a Christian family, the local Anglican church, but joined us in primary club. Then he joined our youth group, then our church. In time, he became a youth leader. Went on to Morling College to train to be a pastor. And here he is on our team. His wife, Elizabeth, joined us when she was four or five. I baptized her, I think, when she was eight. She went through our kids and youth ministries as well. A youth leader, young adults leader, amongst other things. And here they are, transformed by Jesus. Friends, God is transforming lives for His glory. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's the verse of hope, isn't it? It's the verse of love. It's the verse that you'll find all, uh, shared all around the world in multiple languages. John 3, 16. It's the simple message this morning, and yet it is profound. He loves us. God loves the world, he says. He loves people. He loves you and he loves me. He loves our children. Now, if you're listening today and you're 10 years of age or 12 years of age or five, let me tell you, wherever you are in your home with your family this morning, God loves you really deeply. But you see, we've all, though, turned away from God. We have sinned against God. We have not lived up to his standards. We have ignored him. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, the Bible says in Romans 3.23. We fall short. We don't quite make the grade. God loves us, but we don't make the grade. I always love the story, and I've shared a few times, of the Christian writer and pastor, C.J. Mahaney. I picture myself doing a similar thing. I'll try it one day. He went into Starbucks and asked for coffee. And a guy said to him, hi, how are you, sir? And he said, better than I deserve. That's a good line. Better than I deserve. The guy said, what do you mean better than you deserve? What's wrong with you? Have you done anything wrong? And he said, the guy was genuinely 
worried about my self-esteem because I said better than I deserve. Finally, he got so frustrated, the man asked Mahaney, have you killed anybody? And he said, no, no, I haven't killed anybody, but I, my sin is serious. I've rebelled against God. I've done the wrong thing. Uh, without God, I don't have, a, don't have a hope in the world, he said. He said, everyone was now listening to my conversation. The lady in the, in the next line was staring at me with the look as if to say, I'd recommend decaf. In fact, the entire place seemed to be listening to my explanation. And it told the young man, approaching to the point of tears, I'm a sinner and I need a saviour. Friends, we're all sinners and we need a saviour. Because sin is destructive. It's in me, it's in you, it's in everyone. And yet God loves us. He wants to turn our lives around. He wants to deal with that sin and that brokenness, that rebellion. He wants to make us his children. So because he loves us, he gave. Friends, love always gives. Love doesn't take. Love gives to others. Love serves others. As Robin has served us over many years, she gives She because that's what love's about. It sacrifices. And sometimes love lays down its life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. God sent his son and gave him to death on a cross. You know, the plan to save the world through Jesus was made before the creation of the world, Ephesians 1 tells us. So God knew, even though he was going to create us, that we would rebel, and he had determined that Jesus would come one day to die on a cross to be our Savior. That's great news. And so if you start with Christmas, when Jesus was born into the world, and we see a baby, but he's a king. He's a Savior king. And this baby grew up, as all children grow up, but he was different. He became a preacher and a teacher. He healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He stilled the storm. He drove out demons. He raised the dead. He stood on the side of the poor and the downtrodden. He cared for people. My friends, his mission, his ultimate mission, was to die on a cross to take upon himself the punishment for the sins of the world. It was a costly mission. It was a sacrificial mission. He died so that we would live. And God raised him from the dead on the third day to prove that it was a done deal. For Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. God loves you and he gives his son so you can come back to him. And let me say this morning, if you haven't come back to him, this morning's a good morning to come back to Jesus, isn't it? To ask him to forgive you to become your Lord and your Savior. I love the, uh, the cute story of a Chinese Christian who was interviewed by her pastor just before her baptism. And he wanted to make sure she understood what Jesus' death on the cross meant. And he asked her, did Jesus have any sin? And she said, yes, Jesus had sin, which really surprised the pastor because he knew Jesus was perfect. And without sin, and that's standard Christian belief, Jesus was perfect. He was God's son. And so he asked her again, did Jesus have sin? And she said, yes, he did. And before the pastor could correct her, she said, he had my sin. How true that is. When Jesus died on the sin, he became sinful by taking our sin upon himself to take our punishment. 
He died in our place. He took our sin. He paid our debt. And we believe that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I like the word whoever. Because the word whoever invites the world to God. It invites you to God. It invites me to God. You can be five years of age or 25 or 55 or 85 or 100. God invites you to come to believe in him. You can be born in Australia or can be born overseas. You can speak a different language, but God invites you to come to him, whoever believes. God invites the moral clean-cut guys to come to him. That's what I was like. I was just a good kid, but I needed a savior. There's some people who've done far worse crimes than me, and they needed a savior too. But friends, no one is too far from God. Last Sunday night, Catherine Heslop was baptized. There's Robin there with Catherine. You see, Catherine grew up in a Christian family, and uh, with her family came to our church when she was three. And we heard her testimony last Sunday night. She learned about Jesus, came to our Rainbows, Rainbows programs, came to our kids' programs, and, and so on, now in high school. And she's come to know and love and trust Jesus. And she wanted to say before everyone, I love Jesus, I believe in him, and was baptized in water last Sunday night by Robin Garlic. Whoever believes, whoever you are, young or old, a teenager or older, you are welcome to come to God. It's great news. And what happens if you come to God? You will live, the Bible says. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Friends, Jesus came to bring us life now and give us life for eternity, to be with Jesus forever. See, he didn't stay dead after his death on the cross. God raised him from the dead and he is alive today. He returned to heaven and he'll come back one day to judge the living and the dead. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords and he invites us to follow him. Friends, I've been to enough funerals this year to know that I need to be ready for my own death. You see, we were at Gordon Baker's funeral on Wednesday. Now, he didn't come to know Christ as a three or four-year-old or five-year-old. When he was 80, while he was in hospital, someone, maybe someone from this church, said to him, why don't you go down to Noe Baptist Church? That'd be a good place for you to learn about God and to make some friends. He died at 90 but joined us at the age of 80. Because someone witnessed to him and told him, you can find good news about Jesus down at that church, at Nahui Baptist Church. Whether you're 14 or 15, like Catherine, who was baptized last week, or someone who went to glory now to be with Jesus, God invites you to believe in him and find eternal life. Friends, some people die ready. And that's a great joy, isn't it? They are now at home with Jesus. But some people don't die ready. They didn't believe in Jesus. They miss out on eternal life. They face eternal judgments. Jesus wants us to be ready. That's why he came. That's why he died. That's why we rose again. And you see, at this church, we love, we pray, we plan, we work, we train, we teach God's Word, we create outstanding Christ-centered ministries and holiday clubs, we build great sets so that everyone gets a chance to hear about Jesus and find eternal life. Church, listen to me. 
It's a matter of life and death. It's serious. So serious that God sent his own son to die an awful death for us so that we can find forgiveness and new life in him. He loves, he gave, we believe, we live. Our vision as a church is to see lives transformed through Jesus Christ to the glory of God. That's why we do what we do. That's why Robin does what she does. And it's our prayer that all glory, all honor, would go to our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.